Welcome back to an all-new episode of Paul's Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Paul, welcoming you to another edition of the show. Uh, this week on the podcast, we've got nobody else but the one and only third-generation superstar, Devin Shooter. Um, I call him my brother in the wrestling business. He really is like family to me. Uh, him and, and the whole fun of Estes and family, really. Uh, blacksmith, uh, Woodcarver, uh, Phantom... All these guys really are like family to me. I've had the opportunity to know them for about 10 years now and just great uh, human beings and, and always so warm and embracing. So great to, to catch up with Devin. Uh, he's been around the block a few times to say the least and to see his passion still there. And, and we had the opportunity to work uh, alongside each other uh, now in February at the uh, Rumble and SA shows. Uh, and I'm getting set to, to do the commentary for those uh, shows as well coming up. I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how the product, uh, the end result came out there. But yeah, I have Devin Shooter on the show today. We're going to talk about his career, his time in the United Kingdom, and, and how that sort of prepared him for what was to come in his career and what it is still to come. He's He's been very fortunate to have opportunities to work with top guys as well, but obviously not just you don't just get handed opportunities. You have to earn them as well, and Devin has definitely earned those opportunities uh, working with guys like Shelton Benjamin, Carlito, uh, Robbie E., uh, PJ Black, just to name some of the names that he has had the opportunity in his career to work with. Uh, so, going to be a fun interview that I had with him. Uh, a slight heads up, obviously, during this lockdown thing, we were all in, in stuck in our homes, so this was done via Skype. Audio quality may not be the best. I think it was pretty good, but obviously uh, with him, he's at home with his son, his one-year-old son in the background. Uh, so you're going to get a lot of that, but you know, we, we make do with what we got. But this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast and, and get new episodes out there. I know we've been off for a while. A lot of it's been going down uh, in the back uh, in my life and things like that. And, and well, we're not going to get into that right now. But th So there's been a break in the podcast, but... I wanted to do this in this time to have give somebody at home, you know, who might be bored at home, or just to give somebody something to do and, and to to just keep you busy during this uh, very bad time in, in our in our life. I don't know that we're, we would have ever seen something like this, and maybe we never will again. Hopefully, but this is this is uncharted waters. This is crazy. Countries are locking down. It's a state of disaster. That tells you how bad this this thing is, and and it sucks. Uh, it really does. I mean, it it feels like your freedom has been taken away from you. But I mean, it's for your own for your own safety. And I want to encourage everybody, really stay at home, uh, stay away from people if possible, uh, especially people that you don't know. So really, uh, just to, to keep you all safe there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's trying times here, uh, and it's affecting. So many industries, the entertainment industry, having to be really creative at this time. Uh, big shows canceled. I think if we look at our business, the professional wrestling business, the only shows really being run right now um, that I'm can, that I'm aware of would be WWE, but they're doing it from their performance center um, in uh, Orlando. Uh, close set, no audience, very limited staff. That's where you're seeing a lot of uh, packages being put in there. Whole matches being shown previous pay-per-view matches etc being shown to fill up time and so on but it's about still putting out a product there impact wrestling are doing um from what i understand now doing the same i think uh, apparently they've run out of shows that they've taped previously in front of audiences they're going to go into this uh, sort of empty arena things as well AEW, they're having weekly shows as well being uh, taped out of an uh, quote-unquote undisclosed location 
uh, but again, no audience there. And it's forcing you to be creative. So we've seen some really good things like the Boneyard match uh, that took place at WrestleMania. Um, but again, it's it's not how we know our business. It's not how we love our business. So we're, we're all hoping that this thing blows over. It's affecting um, these people in the, in the sport of professional wrestling. We can't perform out there. So uh, let's get into uh, a bit of uh, what's on my mind. Uh, obviously, it's uh, very different now, uh, all things considered. Uh, a lot of debate on whether or not WWE should have postponed WrestleMania or changed up WrestleMania, um, even just some of the outcome of matches, uh, maybe uh, till August, till uh, the SummerSlam pay-per-view. But, um, you know, they went ahead, and, and maybe that was the right thing to do, maybe it was the wrong thing to do. Uh, I've got so much mixed emotions personally about it. Because we don't know when this thing is going to blow over. So we can say, yeah, postpone it till August. Um, and, and we can have a big SummerSlam card, um, you know, in, in place of WrestleMania, you know. Um, but we don't know. We don't know. In August, we could still be stuck with this thing. In August, it could be worse. I, I really hope that it's not. I pray that it's not the case. But but it could be, you know. Um so with that being said, they did what they did, what they needed to do, putting out a product there. Um, the only thing that I think is that we need to look at the the, the uh, safety of our performers, of these guys going in there, uh, make sure that they're okay. It, you know, is is uh, putting on a show for us, the fans, worth their health, wealth, their well-being. I'd rather them be safe now and they can perform for years to come than have them perform now and put their lives in, in jeopardy. And we've seen WWE take necessary steps. Guys like Rey Mysterio uh, was taken out of WrestleMania, for example. Uh, Miz, another one. Roman Reigns was not going to compromise his health. And, and, and goodness knows who can blame him having two bouts uh, or two battles of leukemia. His system is compromised and you don't want to have that guy go out there and just really put himself at risk at this time. So, yeah, I mean, that this this is uh, one of the big things that's been on the talk of everybody. Um, yeah, you just got to make sure that your performers are safe um, when they go out there. Uh, and WWE, is, uh, from what I understand, I've been uh, seeing some interviews with Triple H as well, talking about their doctors doing the necessary steps, and I really hope that they are to make sure that these guys and girls are safe when, they, when they're going out there to perform. But... Um, now WWE needs to look at what are they doing. I'd say my thing is if you're going to have these guys and girls out there, make the shows as normal as possible under their circumstances. Go ahead, build storylines going forward, have regular matches. Don't try to fill a show with just segments if it's not necessary. Even if you maybe give the guys five or ten minutes extra, give them that opportunity. And, and goodness knows, maybe having some more time on TV, somebody will break out as a major star that you weren't expecting to, to have break out there. And um, that that's what they need. WWE needs stars right now, uh, especially. But look, uh, I, I was listening to an interview with uh, Jim Cornette as well, talking about the fact, and, and I never really thought about it until he said it, but you can't build a star in an empty arena. I feel bad for Drew McIntyre having his WrestleMania moment take place under these cir uh, circumstances. He, he should have had a great WrestleMania moment in front of this packed, packed crowd 80 plus thousand people to give him that moment and make him that mega star and he didn't get it unfortunately he's a he's a big star and he's won the world championship and let's see how he he comes out of this um but he didn't have that opportunity that didn't have that moment that he needed to advance his career but uh we'll see what happens there going forward uh, a lot of guys being released from wwe 
making waves in in uh, other places like AEW, uh, Luke Harper now Brody Lee um, in Impact Wrestling. Uh, oh, sorry, I should say uh, AEW, excuse me, um, as well as Matt Hardy. Um, he's uh, gonna have a a, 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 del- a deletion uh, match again coming up with. Uh, Chris Jericho, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one pans out because those have always been great, and they've they've sort of been the catalyst. Uh, Matt Hardy has sort of been the catalyst for these empty arena things, uh, the boneyard matches and things like that with his ultimate deletion. Matt Hardy creatively is a genius. Anybody should have him on there, and when he decides he's done being an in-ring performer, you really want to sign this guy to a contract where you can have him go out there and work as a producer. And just have that opportunity to to have his mind just engulfed in your show. And I think anybody who is fortunate enough to have him and his mind there, especially I'd have him as my creative team. Personally, I think that would really help your product, um, you know, be next level. So, yeah, that's interesting to see. The Revival just recently released by WWE. We know that they've been requesting their release since January. They didn't feel that they were being used properly. And, they, and um, on all likelihood, we'll see them in AEW as well. And, um, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting time for them as well. We saw some NXT superstars being called up to the main roster. Um, traditionally, we see that at WrestleMania, or after WrestleMania, rather. We saw Bianca Belair, the Forgotten Sons, those type of guys coming up there. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do in this time as well, Nia Jax made a return, and she's been outspoken as well, talking about some things about um, Alexa Bliss being hurt by unknown people, rumors and innuendo speculating that it's Ronda Rousey. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting time for the sport of professional wrestling, and we're going to keep a close eye on what happens there as this goes on. I'm hoping that we have more interviews uh, coming up in the near, very near future. I want to get this thing out there more often now. Um, it, it's a passion project of mine, of course, but as I said, there have been things um, in my life uh, prohibiting me from being uh, able to put this out as much as I wanted to necessarily, but let's do this. Maybe if we do this once every two to three weeks, once a month, whatever the case might be, we'll call it as we see it, but just want to have you guys uh, be entertained and listen to the stories of these incredible performers that we have in this country. We've got legendary performers. We've got up-and-coming superstars that are just really incredible. And uh, that's what I wanted to do with the podcast. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's take it right now to my uh, sit-down with my good friend, my brother in the business, Devin Shooter. So being joined right now from uh, his home in uh, Port Elizabeth by the one and only Devin Shooter. Um, it sounds like uh, things are going crazy there. Um, how's the, the, the lockdown and everything treating you guys? Uh, well, thank you, Mr. Paul. Uh, you know, thank you for all the listeners out there. Um, it's really, it's been, it's been really tough on us uh, down here in Port Elizabeth. But one thing I can say, as a professional wrestler, we do need to keep training. So uh, and keep our heads in the game. So I've been I've been training every day. I do what I can just to uh, make sure that I keep in the the condition I am, so that when we do come back and when we can start performing, you know I'm I'm at my peak. Are you doing any of those home uh, workout routines that I think there's like everybody on on social media's got some sort of uh, uh, home gym routine or something that they're, they're putting videos out? There? 
So basically, um, uh, Ms. Paul, I basically have been doing a lot of a lot of those uh, well home routines. I've been doing my own little thing that I've put together, and um, yeah, it just keeps me fit. Nothing. I haven't really been uh, videoing it or doing any clips of it or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's just basically just to keep me going. But uh, yes, I have been seeing on social media how everyone's been going wild with these uh, home videos. So Devin, your your career is something that um, really. Um, but it's been very interesting to me being a third generation superstar and and um, the level of which you've you've taken us I think um, with with no disrespect intended to to your father or, or your grandfather but I feel like you've taken it a, a step further um, so let's go back to, to the very beginning for you as as, a, as someone going into the business obviously growing up in the in the wrestling business was this always the idea was it always the expectancy from yourself to want to be a part of the business? Uh, for me, how it started it was it was amazing. So when I was very young already, um, I can even tell you my 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 favorite wrestler at the time was uh, Bret Hart. So I started wrestling. I started watching wrestling in the 90s, and uh, you know I would actually go to every one of my dad's shows, uh, the Blacksmith in Port Elizabeth. If we went away locally, like say to East London, um, sometimes Cape Town, when we went to Sun City, I would try and get to every every match, and I would I would sit at the ring. I sit and stare at the at the, the show like I would not take my eyes off the show and I knew from young already that like this is what I need to do. Um, obviously, uh, um, my dad was a, a was a well he is still he still can do it but I mean he was a great and his prime he was really good so I knew I had great uh, well big shoes to fill and and there is some great professional wrestlers in South Africa that South Africa has developed I mean you know for example like um, uh, Adam Rose and PJ Black, um, for example, the two that I can that comes to my mind. But I mean, those are the guys that I, I also. I mean, I was I wrestled with the, on the same bill as them, and I actually wrestled against PJ. And for me, those those guys are like that's the level we need to be at. So how how do you go from from sitting watching the matches to to being a part of the business? What it what it was is I eventually I just started asking if I can join the training sessions. And then once I started joining the training sessions, I just started feeling for it. And obviously, I did uh, amateur wrestling as a youngster. And then it just was like, eventually, my dad's like, no, well, you've got you've got what it takes. Because everybody wants to be a wrestler, but not everyone can be a wrestler, if you understand what I'm saying. It sounds stupid, no, but yeah, I'm sure. It's absolutely correct. I, I've said it many times, um, being a part of the business, uh, I've seen so many guys come in. And they see the glitz and the glamour and, and the wanting to be there, uh, but it, it's just not meant for them. It's like if I take myself as an example, I was I was never gonna be a wrestler. There, it just wasn't meant for me. But I love the <laughs> business and I still wanted to be a part of the business. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. So and the, and that's where it happened uh, when I was training with the guys and uh, and I uh, my dad said no. Well, look, you've got this thing. And I can see it will work for you. So basically from that, that was when I was 16. Um, then, um, you know, I had my first match, my first first uh, official match, not training matches leading up to it, my first official match uh, I did, and it was it was uh, against a guy by the name of Dukongo. I think you'll remember a guy like that. Yeah. Um, and straight after the match, the promoter came to us and said, this match needs to go on TV as soon as possible. So, yeah, for me, from that, that day onwards, 
it's been like you know just going up and up who who uh, would you say trained you um and and who, what did you take away mostly from that training that you had when you first broke in training it was uh my, my dad and my uncle and uh you know they basically just taught me what they know um but i think uh, uh i think my break or my change to wrestling started coming when the guys from overseas started coming down like the joe legends and then when I went overseas for a while, that also broke me completely in a sense. It changed my whole style. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I grew me to who I am actually today as a professional wrestler because it puts you, I would, I don't want to say it, but it almost puts you in a different league. Yes. Uh, with regards to the way you wrestle and the way you, you know, the way you work things. No, absolutely. Having that experience working with the guys that have been, uh, working for for much longer and i mean you and i've spoken about a lot that the uh the regimen in terms of you have so many matches and that's just in a week compared to here or and not trying to knock um, the business locally but it's it's not as busy as you would have uh you know in other countries like america and the united kingdom and so on oh exactly i mean i can just take for myself for example um when i was over in the uk i would do two to three matches a day during the the summer season yeah and that would be two to three matches a day every day you get your mondays off and that's it so and i'm talking i'm talking in two months about 60 matches who are some of the guys you worked with locally when you first started um in the in the business locally when i just started i think i was working a lot with guys like uh, jerome uh, zizu yeah he's cool uh, as well yeah, he's absolute. He's brilliant. He's one of the. He's also been overseas. Yeah. Very. He's one of the. He's one of the great workers in South Africa. Absolutely. And um, uh, who else? I worked uh, uh, Phantom a few times, but then it was still uh, Surfer Boy. So yeah. I worked him a few times. He was also one of the guys that I was with. Um, basically, a lot of the guys from Joburg as well. You know, like there was the Lizards, the player. Uh, those type of guys, those are the guys that when I just started, they were in there. There's the, was the Roy Falk. I don't know if you yes. recall it was, yes. So those are the guys that when I was working, they were coming in as well. Yeah, I, I, we, we did a, we did one show with, with him as well. Um, but so I would, would you have, do you have any marriages in the ring? Um, for those listening that don't know, marriage means you'd work this guy regularly. Um, you'd have a set program basically with him. Was there anybody that you were married to? You know, I would say when I was, uh, I, I had such amazing, uh, I would say chemistry in the ring with a guy when I was overseas, uh, by the guy by the name of Johnny Storm. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was a team, he was an impact wrestler in ROH. Yeah. Great wrestler. Um, he was one of the guys that I had great chemistry with. And, um, I think Ricardo Rodriguez as well. He was, it was great to have him in the ring with me as well. And, uh, it's just like in South Africa, I would, I would have to say one of the, the guys that I would, uh, it goes, it flows really easily is a guy like Zizou. Yeah. So there are, that's what I would basically say. And I understand with, by the, the scent of married, who you work often and who you have the most obviously chemistry with. Yeah. I mean, as me and Zizou don't, haven't worked as much, um, uh, in this, uh, the, the later stages, but when we did work, we did work often in the beginning. I mean, when we toured Congo, we worked against each other. When we were in the Eastern Cape, we worked against each other. So we were working each other quite often and it was just like, uh, it was really like a hot knife through butter. It was just so easy. 
and, and with with Cesar as well, his father uh, Terry, just one of the all-time greats as well. Um, really a great mind for the business, entertaining as hell. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. And he's just he's just so it's so so natural comes so natural to him. Definitely one of the greatest uh, heels yeah. in the South African business as well. And him and um, I think me and my dad against him, Azizu and his father had such great tag team matches against each other. It was absolutely incredible. The the like I said, when it comes to wrestling, um, if there's no chemistry, it's seen very easily. Yeah. And um, I think we just all clicked, and it was great. I think, and I think you also we saw in uh, in Cape Town when we wrestled for XWE when we had that four way father and son uh, father and son match. Yes, yeah. Unfortunately, I was injured in that match, so I did have a, actually went in with an injury. But uh, for me, it was a great. It was still a great match. It was still it was because everyone knew what to do and everyone knew what they were doing. No, that was a, a really fun match. Um, you, there was great spots in the match as well, and uh, great entertainment, uh, especially Absolutely. From, from someone um, from someone uh, up and coming like uh, Dirty Angel too. Um, I thought he was really a highlight in that match as well. Um, but of course, any any time I, I got to to call your match, um, and I know we recently worked together but, um, at the the uh, casino shows in Durban, and just. Whenever I get to call your shows, it or your matches, I should say, it's just I get this kid feeling inside just because I know it's going to be a fun night out there. And and I, I the one thing that I think that we've uh, I know when since I've, I know you nearly ten years now. Uh, yes, definitely. And, and and we've been like we've, I I've said this to anybody who 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 listen or who I've uh, spoken to. You and your family, it's really been like a family to me. Uh, like when I see your dad, for example. Just this, this hug and this is this family, this warm fatherly embrace. Uh, speak, with your dad, when did the idea come about for you guys to, to be a team? And, and who pitches this idea? So uh, obviously my dad and my, uh, my dad and my uncle were a great tag team in, the, in, the, in those years, in the 90s. And uh, they were the top uh, South African wrestling tag team. I mean, they were, they were dominating throughout all the, every city and wherever they were going. Um, and then, uh, obviously, my, my, my uncle stepped out, and my dad was still going. And then, obviously, eventually, uh, what was happening, we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we, as uh, we spoke to the, the promoter, which was uh, Mark, Mark Beal, and we, we pitched to him, why don't you think we run this as a tag team? And from there, then we did the father-son tag team, and it was, it's been a couple of years now that we've run as a tag team. And... Um, Obviously, uh, tag team is a lot of fun. I enjoy my singles. I can absolutely, I have, I, I must admit, I have a lot more fun in a singles match. But for me, a tag team and with, uh, for me as well, and, uh, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a tag team partner, you'd have, you need to have chemistry with your tag team partner as well. You know, you need to feel, the person needs to feel you. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's what, that was very great. It's me and my father have been very close, obviously, because he brought me into the business. Um, it's been very easy to tag with him because we feel each other out. So recently, um, the, the, your your father obviously um, well sort of announced that he was retiring from the ring, uh, certain injuries and things, and, and obviously yes. understandable yes. after. I mean, how long has he been wrestling? I mean, it's got to be forever. Since 1983, so that is 37 years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 37 years. That is that is insane. That's longer than you and I have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. 
So that, that that's crazy. And, and, and I mean, 37 years in the business working, and, and I know back then the, the schedule was a bit more frequent than what it is today. So obviously we're in turn sort of, of gains uh, or builds up over time. And so I, Absolutely. I, 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 don't, I don't judge him at all for, for having the injuries or that. But where uh, where was the decision for him to, to quit? And was it his decision or, or was it a thing of, of promoters saying, we can't take this chance? Uh, it, it was his decision eventually um, as the, the, the injury just got too much for him. So uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a very bad knee injury that he actually needs a knee replacement. So eventually it just, uh, I think the last Wrestle Monster last year, was he's, he called it after that. So he then said uh, it's, uh, it's, it's time now for him to, to pack it up because he felt immediately afterwards that uh, it's not coming right. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, the, obviously the, the mind wants to go on, but the body just says, you know, the, the knocks are too much now. Do you, do you think he will step back in the ring? Because I, I know wrestlers and the retirement thing, it n- almost never sticks. Do you think he'll get back in the ring? <laughs> uh, Mr. Paul, I can't, uh, I can't say he will, but I definitely can't say he won't. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, never say never is the, is the motto of our business. Absolutely. So obviously there's been a lot of social media clamoring for him to get in the ring with yourself um, uh, at WrestleMonster coming up. Obviously postponed due to, uh, as WWE says, prevailing circumstances. Um, sort of a marketing phrase there. Um, do you think you'll be able to convince him to tag with you? Um, at this point, definitely not. Like I can see, he's, I think it's. I can definitely see that it's a serious injury. Yeah. Um, if it was something you could shake off and yeah. uh, just go through with it, then it would not be a problem. But I think that the injury's got the better of him this time. And I think once he's sorted the injury out and gone through the operation and whatever the procedure needs to happen, I think maybe he could make a one more comeback. But I don't, I don't foresee him being uh, in the ring uh, again for quite a while. Uh, look, there's so much that he can do still. Um, he's a great talker. He's got a great mind for the business, obviously trained you. Um, so I definitely see that he will be involved with um, the business still for many years to come. Absolutely. So he definitely does want to leave. He wants to come more to the technical side, backstage or whatever the case may be. And uh, he definitely doesn't want to ever leave the business. He's, he says his words to, to us the other day was, as long as his son's in the business, he will be in the business. Can you imagine him being your manager, just being at ringside and, and interfering in the matches and, and things like no, it'd that? That would be incredible. It will be incredible. I'll take him everywhere with me. <laughs> so... So talk to me about the experience. We, we sort of touched upon it of um, going overseas and, and sort of uh, learning there. How did that come about for you? Um, I know getting opportunities like that, it, it's not easy. Uh, so how did it come about for you to go to the, the United Kingdom? And, uh, and and tell me about that experience, what it, what it meant to you and, and what you did there and, and what you took away from the experience. Uh, so funny story. Let me tell you from start to end. And uh, so... Uh, there we had uh, one of the old wrestlers uh, named Heelbrow Warrior. He uh, actually lives over in the United Kingdom. He came down to South Africa for a while, and then my uncle uh, said to me, why don't we go to him and uh, we go for, uh, it's like South Africans say, a braai or barbecue. Um, and we go there and we just chat to him and see how things are going. 
So I said, well, okay, let's go do it. So his name's uh, Mark Anderson. So uh, I take, I uh, give all the, I thank him so much. He did so much for me. So, um, but he, so we went there and then I just said to him, listen, I want to wrestle overseas. Uh, if you can just hook me up with anybody over there, then it's cool. So uh, I, I thought nothing of it, you know, as I thought, okay, well, I've said something. And then about two, three months passed. I heard nothing from it. I was like, oh, well, you know, it was worth a try. A few months later, I get a message from him. He says, listen, I've spoken to Ricky Knight for you. Uh, would you, uh, you can p- please send him a message. He's interested. I sent Ricky Knight a message uh, about it and everything like that. He said, okay, cool. We want you to come this time and this time. Please make sure you, yeah, this time and that time. And then well, from there, I, told, I just started organizing everything. So that was, but that was about a, Eight months planning yeah. before before I went over. So it was a long process. I think all in all it was about a year, a year and two months. I'd say about 14 months before I went over from start to when I went over. People who don't know Ricky Knight, um, you should really do some Googling and, and that. But Because uh, he's a, a huge name in the business, especially in the UK. But tell us, Massive. A, little, tell us a little bit about Ricky Knight and who he is. He's a uh, he's the promoter of WAW, which, from in my my opinion, is the biggest uh, wrestling uh, organization in the United Kingdom. And um, he's also the the, the story of uh, on the the in the movie is fighting with my family is based on their family with yeah. Paige. Yes. So um, and what a great pro, what a great promoter. Um, very much uh, he loves the business. He's still working at this time, still wrestling, and he he just loves the business. A promoter that is so, um, so, uh, is, everything's in it, if you know what I'm saying. He's like, you know, he's one of those promoters that he just uh, that gives everything to it. So for me, he was an incredible promoter. So, so, uh, do, you, do you speak about him being a good promoter and, and things like that? Um, tell me about a schedule go, when you arrived there, uh, what your schedule looked like and, and how your day was planned out for you. So another crazy story. Um, so when I arrived there, they said, "Listen, we give you Mondays off." So I said, um, "You know, don't worry about Mondays. I don't need a day off." Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're regretting that now. I'm sure. So, so when I, then when I got the schedule sent to me, I said, "Wow, I think I need more than just a Monday off." <laughs> um, and then I realized that when Mondays came, I just didn't. I didn't even get out of bed. I was in your body is so sore from the week because you're literally wrestling. Sundays, um, you started really early. So I think sun, a lot of Sundays you did three shows. And, um, so then the Monday will give you off. Monday, um, then Tuesday morning, four o'clock, you get picked up. Uh, back on the road, you go to your two shows or three shows you have to do. And that's every day you travel, 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 travel till come Sunday. Then they, Sunday, Sunday night or Monday morning, they drop you back off at home. And then Tuesday morning, they fetch you again. That, that uh, sounds crazy. And, and, and where do you train in between that? Well, so gym, uh, wrestling training, you don't have enough, you don't really, you don't have time to train wrestling because you're wrestling all the time. Yeah. So you literally are basically wrestling all the time, putting up rings, taking down rings. When I got free chance, I went to the gym. Um, but that started also, it was a bit of a struggle eventually because obviously the, you can't, you can't train because your body's sore. So the times you have off, you need to rest. Yeah. 
talk about your body at that time because I remember uh, when I worked with you before you left, uh, I don't want to say you were bulkier, um, but you weren't as ripped, if, if that is, uh, if, if you get what I'm saying, as, as when I yeah. saw the photos uh, of you sort of when, in, when you were in the UK and when you just come back from the UK. Um, talk to me about the transformation in your body at that time. Yeah, so what I did is I knew, um, so what I knew is I would have to be conditioned. Um, there was no other way for me. I would have to be in top, top condition because these guys are doing this every day. So they, the more conditioned you are, the fitter I was getting. So yeah. I was just doing conditioning training and I was speaking to my wife the other day and I was saying to her how crazy it was that I trained twice a day. I trained wrestling. I tried to get in about three to four times a week. And on Sundays, I would train for three hours. I would, I would get to the gym at about 10 o'clock in the morning and I'd only get home at about two o'clock. I would have trained three hours, my, just my core the whole time because I knew what the, I knew what was going to be, what was coming my way. Um, so the training and I said to her the other day, I said the amount of effort that went into that, if the guys just know what effort we need to do, we could up our level on a, like, yeah, in South Africa to a whole nother level because you fit, uh, you, you, you're harder, you can do more because of your conditioning. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. Um, with regards to to your um, time there, uh, who, was there any favorite opponents? So I knew we talked about um, guys like uh, Ricardo Rodriguez and so on. Was there any favorite opponent or fa or maybe one favorite match that that stood out for you in your time there? I would say uh, I would say uh, one of my favorite matches was definitely my last match uh, with um, it was me and uh, King Kendo against Ricky Knight Jr. and PJ Knight. Uh, that is uh, Ricky Knight's two grandsons. Mm. Uh, we did a tag match, but it was a, obviously a no DQ, uh, no holds barred tag, tag for the tag team titles. Yes. And it was absolutely incredible. The, 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 it was just all over the place. When I mean all over the place, it wasn't a mess, but it was, it just was out of the ring, in the ring, it was all over, and it was probably it was one of my favorite matches. But I mean, like I said, I wrestled the guy, likes of like Kip Sabian. I wrestled against Marcus Burke. I wrestled against Ricardo. I wrestled against Johnny. So those are a lot of guys. I mean, Ricky Knight Jr., Roy Knight. If you have any time to Google some of his his matches that we I wrestled against him, uh, probably one of the best workers in the UK ever. So um, yeah, also one of that is Ricky Knight's son. You talked about uh, the schedule in terms of breaking down rings and stuff like that. I, I know that's something here that the guys sort of have a, a problem with um, in terms of uh, what we call paying our dues. How humbling was it for you to to sort of take a step back and 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 be be pretty, basically doing these the you know carrying a, a up and down the the ring, setting it up, breaking it down. Uh, how humbling was that for you? For me, it showed me it showed me a whole different side to wrestling. Because, yeah, uh, I always say it's South Africa makes superstars before they're superstars. Yeah. Um, so over there, let's put it to you this way. Me and we know Ricardo Rodriguez was the announcer for um, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Let's, let's say he, he announced for him on the greatest stage of the more WrestleMania. Yeah. Me and him would carry the same uh, corner post to go put up the cushion, to go put the ring up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, in a sense, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. There, you're all the same. 
And for me, it showed me, you're not a, you know, no one's a superstar there. We all got, we're doing the same job. Um, and it just, it, it just puts you right down. And like, like you said, the word humbling, it humbles you to, to a point where you're like, okay, I'm here to do a job. Let me get it done. You put the ring up. Um, you wrestle. You take the ring down. You pack the ring into the van. You get into the van. You move to the next venue. You get out the van. You take the ring out. So it's, it's about six guys. Take the ring out. Put the ring up. Wrestle. Ring, uh, uh, ring back in the van. And then you're off to the next venue again. That's it. Crazy. Yeah. But, but with that, how long were you uh, in the UK for? I was there for about two months, and I wrestled just about every day. Hmm. So because of because of visas and things like that, I could I was going to be on their TV show yeah. uh, at Epic Studios, and because of visas and things like that, obviously I had to come back earlier than the TV shows were um, being shot. Yeah, yeah. Now obviously that that happens. I mean, it happens um, in WWE as well with guys. So yeah, uh, and when you come back. Um, well, let me ask, were you, were you and Robin together at that time? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. And it was, it, it was tough. It was very yeah. tough. Uh, it was a very tough time. Um, not with regard, we were both, you know, because of the, um, we were so used to being together all the time and now we're apart from each other for about two months. Yeah. Um, like I said to her before, obviously I want to go again and uh, I've, mm. I've obviously spoken to a guy, um, uh, overseas, I've got a connection now. You know him very well. He actually wrestled. I wrestled against him at the the last fight of the World Wrestling Superstars there in Durban. Yeah. So he's over in the UK, and I would like Robin to go with next time. Yeah. Um, obviously, if we go over again, you know, because it'll ch- it changes everything, you know. No, no, definitely. And. And how was how has she been um, in terms of receptive to the business? Um, was she a fan of the business before when you guys met, or? Um, not really. Um, she did watch it, so she watched it like every youngster watches SmackDown on Wednesday nights and <laughs> and Raw on Sunday evenings, if you yeah. you know. So that's just like that's like a, just a thing. Yeah. Um, but what I can tell you now is when a song, because um, I'm permanently watching WWE. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 my TV actually stays on channel 128, which is the TV, the WWE channel. Yeah. And, uh, if a song plays, she's like, oh, there's that guy coming in now. Yeah. So, so without her seeing the TV, she knows who's coming in. So she watches and she actually comments as well. She's like, wow, that was a good match. So, like, I couldn't have asked for a more supportive wife mm-hmm. in who I've got. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for her because she supports my passion and my dream. And she knows where I want to go, you know. So, and she 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 wants me to go there as well. That that's a, that's awesome to have that person. Um, and and obviously for you guys, uh, just starting this uh, family as well. Uh, I know um, your son just had his first birthday. Yes, yes. So Elijah turned uh, one years old yesterday. And uh, yeah, you know. So we're still a, a young family in a sense that we're still young and the world is our oyster. So at this point, if anything has to happen or change, you know, it's not, not the hardest thing because he is still so young. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, we're hopeful. And we also, I mean, look, uh, speaking to Mano quite often as well, um, wrestling's going to definitely take off. Yeah. Definitely take off when this thing blows over. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time. So if Elijah comes to you and he, and he says he wants to be a wrestler, 
I'm I'm assuming that no normally uh, everybody you asked they they would say no they would advise their kids against it being in the business but I kind of feel with you it would be the opposite you'd be so glad and so supportive of it I'd be very happy if he does I'd be uh, I'd be I'd say you know what I would just I would want him to do it overseas where he could actually uh, get get to his full potential yeah. so I would I would re- I would support him all the way. But I would tell him he needs to be doing it overseas. In your career, you've worked against um, a couple of uh, guys um, of big name value um, in in terms of you know being former WWE superstars or whatever the case might be. Um, who were the biggest names that you've worked with, and and who was the favorite of those type of guys that you worked with here in South Africa? So um, obviously we know uh, Robbie E is now on NXT. Yeah. Uh, he was working at the time for Impact, and uh, obviously then Shalom uh, Shalom Benjamin, uh, Carlito, and PJ were the guys also I worked against. And for me personally, I think uh, Shalom Benjamin is an incredible worker. So he is somebody I really enjoyed working out of uh, the the big names uh, for me so far. Shalom Benjamin definitely. Yeah, so such a, a missed boat that one. Um, he could he should be a lot bigger in, in, in name value is what I mean. Um, not physically Absolutely. Than, than what he actually is. Just the I don't think he can I don't think he can get any physically bigger. <laughs> no. If you saw if I when I saw him I couldn't believe he was that big. Did did you, you uh did you work with um Jake Hager or Jack Swagger? I worked on the same bill as him. But you didn't uh it didn't work him though. Oh, okay. So yeah. So he was on the bill with us. Yeah. But now to put it to, uh, he's slightly taller than um, um, Sheldon, yeah. but Sheldon's like much bigger than him. It's it's incredible. So so we uh, we we recently had the show uh, with the casino show, so the Rumble in SA and and uh, some international uh, guys there as well. Um, and you talked about uh, Tony or um, Gurshinder Singh. Um, what 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 did you learn from working with a guy like him? Also, such a great, such an easy worker to work with, and you just learn a different, a different like, uh, let's say, a different way to uh, work through the match, basically, if I can use those terms, and just a different way. I could see when you, when you're working, it's so important to slow everything down, as because, and that's where where he he he's very good at it. So everything looks precise because you're just doing it. At, this, at a pace, you're not rushing everything. So, and it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, it's not always this flip flaps, uh, doing three backflips, three, doing seven backflips, doing six flying over the top rope. That's not a story. A story can be told in five minutes. Yeah. And that is what's going to pull, pull, pull the crowd in. So it's all about telling the story. I, I, I completely agree. And, and for me as, a, as an announcer, when I'm calling a match, the match that's easier for me to call that I can get into more is usually the one that tells a story because exactly and, and at the end of the day uh, I, I forget who it was it might have been Jim Ross or someone who's, uh, who said the the only move uh, if you do that 10,000 flips and whatever they're only going to remember the last move in that sequence so mm. so what was the point in, in the rest anyway exactly exactly so that's it so if you tell a story people are going to are going to be left like they're gonna want to know what what's going on. What was the ending? They were, you know, everything leads up to something else. Where you do 20 backflips, it's great, but what's what next? 
What are you going to do next to entertain them? Absolutely. People need to get invested, um, need to support the, the good guy and, and, and uh, uh, despise the bad guy. Um, they, they need to live themselves into that. Exactly. Spot on. Size. You're obviously not the, the tallest of, of guys in the ring. Um, was it? Did you ever feel like that was a disadvantage for you? In the beginning, uh, I did feel it was a slight disadvantage. And then I started realizing that that's something that makes me work harder. Yeah. Uh, it's something that pushes me further. It's something that makes me want to work harder. Um, for a guy that is a lot taller than me, I feel like I feel like I want to work harder than them. So I will work three times harder than them just because I know it's just like uh, my back is slightly against the wall. Yeah. So I just feel it's always been it's it's there, but it's something that I've used to my advantage. And uh, and uh, someone that really showed me that size doesn't matter is a, a late, the late great Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um, he wasn't the tallest guy, but that guy could entertain. He could wrestle. He could, um, you know, he could just do do it all. And for me, that that broke something in me, you know, to see that someone like that, or but just about anyone. I'm seeing a lot of the guys now in NXT or whatever aren't the biggest guys. Yeah. But it's the guys that work the hardest. You can see they put so much grind into it, and that's what it is. It's grit and grind. And if you put your heart into it, and I, and you can see somebody that's hearts in wrestling. My opinion, um, if they're hearts in wrestling, you'll see it in every move, every hold. You'll see the passion. Passion oozes out of someone. So for me, it is vital to have that passion and that heart. No, absolutely. Speaking of passion and heart, uh, you talked about watching WWE. Uh, do you watch other wrestling, um, like Japan wrestling and stuff like that? <laughs> I used to watch CMLL, uh, uh, Mexican wrestling, yeah. uh, a long time ago, but now only really because, uh, because on this, ch the channel I'm watching on it, it shows basically the 205 live, it shows NXT, all those kind of things. So basically I can, uh, that's all I watch at the moment. Because obviously at the end of the day, the, the end goal is to be there. Yeah. So best thing to do is to watch the opponent. No, no, definitely. Uh, so what's coming up for for uh, Devin Shooter? I know obviously we're on, in uh, uncertain uh, times at the moment, but but what's coming up for for Devin Shooter? So we'll 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 have to see. So like I said, I'm basically training. Um, we'll see obviously a few applications when they're out there. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I don't want to put any T's, cross any T's or dot any I's and say it in uh, <laughs> in the open basically. But uh, I've done what I've needed to do. And uh, we'll see what happens because South African racing for me, there is something happening now. Um, and I think it will take off. But uh, for me, you know, I've got my end goal in mind and I've done what I needed to do. So we'll have to see from there. But for now, like we said, we don't know what's happening. But we, we still do what we've got to do to get where we need to get. Obviously, we know Wrestle Monster is coming up. Um, it's been obviously postponed to later in the year. Um, do you have any idea what you'll be doing on that show? No, no, not yet, not yet. So um, I'm I'm supposed to still be tagging, but I haven't got a partner as of yet. So uh, and I don't know who they're gonna put in my put with me. So um, if not, if it turns into a singles match, if not, if I don't wrestle, well, it's one of those things. But uh, we'll see what happens. So, but I I, I think um, I say 85% sure that I'll be in a tag match. Yeah, I I don't see you not being on that show and. 
Um, and I'm hoping that I'll be uh, involved in that show still as well. Um, the last uh, conversation that I had was that I'll be doing the play-by-play for that show. Um, so that should be fun. I know it gets streamed live on on places like YouTube and things like that. So absolutely, it's the biggest. It's definitely one of the biggest shows in South Africa, and everyone must support. Everyone must go live and watch it. It it will be much appreciated for CPW. Absolutely. So obviously, we'll we'll, we'll keep everyone informed there. Well, let's play let's play a little bit of uh, um, dream booking. Um, so obviously you don't have a partner. We've we've talking about your dad, and I know you've everybody's been trying to persuade him to do the the thing again. But obviously you've sort of indicated that's not going to happen. In an in an ideal world, considering the the available talent we have in South Africa at the moment, who who throw out some names of guys you'd like to team up with in that match. Uh, well, first of all, if he is available, Phantom, because uh, I've known him for so many years. Yeah. Um, then obviously guys like uh, Anansi, I would also love to tag with him. And then uh, guys like the Johnny Palacios, those are the type of guys. Also, and if if the time came right and I could tag with Zizu, that would also be great. That that would be great as well. I I know Johnny sort of said that he would be available. You just needed to give him a call. Yeah, so that would be a great guy to tag or even work against, yeah. you know, because he's a great guy to work against as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see you guys work a, a singles match as well. Um, maybe we can maybe we can convince Mark to uh, make it a two-day event and we can have you tag and then a uh, single match as well. Absolutely. I think we, it's, it's too big for one day. How's that? <laughs> too big for one day. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll trademark that. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, so yeah, that's basically basically from our side. No, I I definitely think those are, are some of the great names. Um, I sort of uh, in the podcast I did um, with Anand, we sort of touched on him as well. Now, um, I talked about the state of wrestling, and it's something that that he had quite close to his heart as well. And and I know um, speaking of Johnny Palazzo as well, some, that's something that's on his heart as well. Is the state of wrestling in South Africa at the moment? Um, there's been a lot of criticism about where things stand in wrestling. People have made certain comments about it and, and when wrestling sort of stopped in, um, being relevant here. What is your take on the state of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, in South Africa, and especially at the moment? For me, yes, at the moment it is flat. So South African wrestling right now is, but we, you can you can back me on this one. We, we went to the live event where WWE took part in uh, the Grand West Casino. That place was a sellout. So that is telling me these people are still hungry for wrestling. It just needs to be done properly. Yeah. I, so I, for me, it was it's not a fact of that wrestling's dead in South Africa. That I don't agree with. I just yeah. think it needs to be changed in a fact that we've got to entertain more and we've got to start becoming. We've got to we've got to catch up to where they are, if if that makes sense. No, I agree. I've, I've said this before, and I said this um, when I spoke to Anand as well. My my thing has always been. I feel like we need one big promotion, like a, a South African equivalent of WWE, if you will, where we can where we can say, okay, this is the guys, this is the top guys, this is my roster, and um, we can afford to pay them a monthly income so that they their their only job is wrestling, and and just go big with this thing, tour, do the big shows in the big in this big arenas or the stadiums, if you will. I think we need one solid promotion. To, and the best of the best uh, to really bring wrestling in South Africa up to the forefront. 
I think that's a, that would be a great idea in a sense that if we just got all the top of the top, the cream of the crop of South Africa to really light up the stage once and for all, but you've got to do it nationally. So you'd have to yeah. go through all the different cities Absolutely. and really light it up so that people get hungry for it again. Yeah, that, that, that would be it. And, and obviously the, the big thing would be if, if we could get a good TV deal again. I think, Absolutely. I, I think uh, we've, Jim Ross uh, talks about it all the time. Uh, you know, start, a lot of these promotions want to start up. What do you need? You need TV time. It's yeah. vitally important yes. to, to get that, that brand out there. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. So I want to throw out some names to you guys in the business and, and just sort of your, your reaction. Uh, so just a one or two or one word or a quick phrase that comes to mind when I say the name. Uh, I'm going to start off at home. Uh, Blacksmith. Um. So what would you like me to, just a one word that uh, yeah, sort of describes him? Yeah, just a word or phrase that comes to mind when you hear that name. Uh, Hard-eating. Okay, I feel, hard like, eating, like, I feel like there's a story. Let's elaborate on that story. Is there a story behind the hard-hitting? I've wrestled against him <laughs> once or <laughs> twice, and I've never been hit harder with, by a chair than <laughs> I have been with the blacksmith. So it was this little small promo show, a little indie show we did on the side yeah. uh, for, for a, a school. Yeah. And he literally, I've never been hit so hard on the head with a chair than on that day. Oh, crazy. Uh, PJ Black. <laughs> Razzmatazz. Okay, I, I, I'm going to have to break my own my own rule here and I, I, I explain. <laughs> PJ Black is all about the, the, the look and the and, and he's just so, he's a very, I would say he's a very colorful guy, you know, so he is just, it's, it's, when you personally get to know PJ, then you you would understand yeah. when I say he's a colorful guy. It's a great wrestler, great wrestler, colorful guy. No, he's an amazing guy, great guy. You know, I've I've gotten to know him um, over the last year or so. Really, um, uh, we actually did a podcast um, that, unfortunately, um, due to to um, the quality of the show, we didn't. We're, we're working on on doing a retake on it. Yeah, no, I, I really got to see a different side to him and a great guy, as you say. Definitely, no, very good guy. Thoroughly enjoy him. Mark Beale. Mark Beale. I would say Mark, Mark Beale, I would say integrity. Why I say that is, um, he's, he's given me promises in, and uh, for me, example, Robbie, the Sheldon Benjamins and that sort of thing. And when he told me he's going to do it, he did it. And for me, that was integrity. So he sticks, he's a man of his word, and he's always come through for me. So, uh, yes, and every promoter is going to be bad mouth. Uh, that's just how it works in life. And uh, they can say what they want about him. He's put me on the map with regards to big names. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the UK broke me into the game properly, yeah. but uh, with regards to wrestling against big names, I couldn't ask for better. No, no, definitely. Um, and then, then that's the thing. And look, we, uh, it's not just promoters. I mean, I'm sure there's people that, that uh, will say bad about myself, about you. Um, Absolutely. It, it's the nature of our business, unfortunately. Uh, Tornado. He's, I would call him a living legend. Um, the guy can work as if it was 20 years ago, and he can still do everything just as good. What a show, he's a great showman. His spots are great, and he can still tell such a great story in the ring. So for me, he's a living legend. I, I completely agree. Uh, Anansi. Anansi. Look, I want to. I, I can't think of. I can't think of a present a, a word for Anansi. But Anansi has got like for me is a full package. Um, he can talk on the mic. He can wrestle. He can. He. He's got everything going for him. 
you know, unfortunate injuries have also got him down. Yeah. But uh, other than that, for me, Anansi is definitely a full package. Where do you rate Anansi as a worker? I I often feel like he's possibly the best pure worker in in South Africa at the moment. Um, where do you rate him as as just from a wrestling standpoint in the ring? Yeah, no, he's number one. I also I, I absolutely put him right there at the top. I, I really I, I I've worked him a few times. Yeah. And it's always been so much fun because he's just such a great worker and so easy to work against. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Um, just massive. That's all. Just a massive persona. Massive. Uh, the way he speaks, the way he wrestles, everything's just so big about him. Looking at, at the young guys coming up in the business right now, um, not that that you or I are, are old necessarily, but we've been in around a long time. At least yes, no, no, yes, I agree with you. Uh, uh, who who is it that you're watching at the moment locally that that you feel has the potential to really be a standout? Well, you know, he's also been in for a while, but like, I'm Monray Lee is really for me starting to come come out of his shell. Yeah, and he's starting to really open up as a wrestler and starting to really do things, and yeah. you know, and he's got the potential. So for me, he's someone I think that everyone should look out for. No, I, I agree completely. I've been I've been a fan of his uh, since he, he cra- wait well, uh, story funny story uh, he when he, when they brought him in uh, to XWE at the time the thing was the, the the, the idea or, or the way it was conveyed to me was the fact that here's this guy that people don't really want to use him, but we're going to give him an opportunity and, and see what it, what it you know what he can do and so forth. And when I first saw him, I was like, eh, I'm not sure I'm completely sold on this guy. And then he just really – he's a guy that's passionate about this business. Um, I, I put him right up there with, with you and I as well in terms of someone that's just really passionate about the business. And, and the way that he's taken that passion and, and marketed himself and whoever he's worked for as well, uh, I, 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 yeah, I've been a huge fan of and supporter of his. And yeah, he, he should have a, a – he should be a main event guy. Yeah, no, he's great. He's a, very, he's a great worker and he's a great guy. You know that's a that's a that's a difference maker for me. If the guy's just a great guy, absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah, so he's a, he's a, he's a fantastic uh, performer and, and uh, yeah. I, and I, I, I did you work matches with him, singles matches? I, I can't recall. I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I have. I, I don't think I've worked. I can't remember that either. And I think that that's the the biggest missed opportunity of this whole thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it would be a great match. Uh, we're we're booking it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're booking it. Uh, Devin Shooter, the big uh, bad heel um, of of SA versus Monray, just the ultimate cult following babyface. Yeah, I, I think it'll I be got great. It. I'm, it's, I'm there. <laughs> and, and, and and we'll have we'll have Uncle Leslie be the referee. Oh, absolutely! I think that's the best. That's the best out of them all. <laughs> I think. I think that. Oh, I, I just. I feel like there'll be water bottles and things thrown into the ring again. <laughs> absolutely! I think it'll be best. I think we'll do it in PE. Oh well, well. Oh my gosh! We'll just. We'll just have people pissed off. Yeah, no, it'll be great. So obviously, we. we uh, Monterey Lee. Someone. Uh, is there anybody else you'd like to work with? Just a couple of the guys. I always like. I'm always up for wrestling against new guys. You know, I, I really enjoyed working against. Uh, I, I feel sorry. I apologize to the guy now for not remembering his name. From also from AWA. Also, he wrestled against Johnny Palazzo a few times. Also went to the states. Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, uh, Mike Xander? Oh yes, great worker. Oh yes, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of of Mike as well. Um, the first time I saw him, 
he uh just the the presence that he had and then he, he cut this promo about being the next uh big superstar and whatever else and and yeah that he wor- i think he worked to johnny at that show as well great guy he, great worker he, he is awesome he if with the right uh situation the right angle the right he could definitely be the top guy as well absolutely yeah, couldn't agree more there no no mike is awesome I, I i love him as well um another guy i don't know if you've seen him work um is uh you you obviously know little hillbilly from awa as well his also son, very good his son um wrestles good time kid you, oh really he's he's oh you should you should i think there should be some footage on youtube and stuff as well he's he's gonna be amazing he, he's not the biggest guy um but i think we've talked about you know that's not a requirement anymore um, yeah, exactly. But, but he he went out there and the, um, with one of the last shows they did, and he just did a 450. Um, yeah, he's he's got potential. He just had a moment. Um, you know about having those stand up moments. He's gonna be great as well. I'd I'd love to see him work with you as well. Yeah, no, it would be it's something that I'd look forward. To. Uh, Devin, just got closing here. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, at Devin Shooter, it's, it's Devin Shooter's fan page. Uh, and then uh, I will be posting a lot of things on there. You can look up me up on YouTube as well and on Google up there as well. But on YouTube, you can find some of my matches. Just say Devin Shooter Wrestling. And then on my fan page, just keep following. I'll be posting things and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. Devin, thank you so much for, for taking time. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. This, Paul. I appreciate this it. It was so much fun to do. And then we'll do it again. Definitely. Thank you so much, man. And thank you to all the supporters that are going to be listening. Guys, keep supporting. Keep following wrestling. Let's bring this thing home. Thanks so much, Devin. Thanks, man. Thanks for the ball.